Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. And now, Trey Biddy is brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai, Arkansas's number one Hyundai dealer, and Genesis of Conway, Arkansas's only Genesis dealer. Genesis of Conway, the future of luxury today. Now, here's Trey Biddy. Good afternoon, Mr. Trey Biddy. Hey, guys. See, you're back on B today. Back on B. Yeah, yeah. Back on B, back home. Four Christmases are over. All right. Yeah. Ready for some normalcy. <laughs> back in the if saddle ever, again. If that ever happens. Yeah. Ready for some normalcy. Yeah. Never. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was looking today at hogsports.com. It seems relatively quiet. Is Curtis on vacation? I noticed Andrew was uh, on the basketball beat today. Yeah. No, Curtis wrote an article today, but, uh, you know, everybody's got travel and Christmas, and it's just it's just kind of the nature of things right now. But uh, everybody's got family, different different parts of the, the country and stuff. So, um, you know, just, just that kind of time. But I know that everybody's ready to get back to work. Yeah. Can't wait. Is, uh, is Danny been out? just normal christmas stuff okay you know okay yeah i mean i i I think i've got a little bit more than everybody i've got you know i I do four christmases so um we wrapped up the last one yesterday uh so um yeah i think we we've covered everything so have a little bit of new year celebration here in a couple days and uh, watch some bowl games and um yeah, there'll be plenty more stuff, more activity uh, coming up with Transfer Portal and things like that. And we know there's a visit weekend coming up, I believe January 6th. So uh, things will things will get hopping again. And this, you know, Kenny Guyton news whenever whenever that stuff breaks officially. What are you expecting? With Guyton? Yeah, I mean, well, no, I'm, I'm, so, I'm talking, okay, let's, let's go ahead and either presume, assume, however you want to say it, he is gone. Guyton has gone to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Who do you see, in your opinion, would be the next successor? Yeah. Well, I haven't had a chance to really just, you know, dive in. And, you know, I like to go back and see who all um, who all uh, Bobby Petrino has worked with in the past because I think that's the most important mm-hmm. thing to bring in somebody that uh, is really very familiar with his offense. And, you know, the names that jump out – the topper, Damian Craig, who was with him last year at Texas A&M. And then, of course, Paul Petrino, who's at uh, Central Michigan as the offensive coordinator there. And then Garrick McGee, who's at Louisville as the wide receivers coach. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Craig would be a guy that's going to land somewhere. I believe the coaching convention is January 7th, so there's possibility there. But I don't think that Arkansas needs to, like, go out and, and find – a wide receivers coach you know I think they need to get somebody that Petrino is very familiar with having worked with in the past it just knows the offense and can be an extension of him just like Garrick was here um, just like Paul Petrino was here um, but Garrick never worked with wide receivers at Arkansas although that's what he's doing now uh, but that's what I think that Arkansas needs I always thought that Paul Petrino was one of the top wide receiver coaches in the country he had a lot of really good talent to work with at Arkansas but I just remember him coaching those guys hard, just like well, just like Bobby did mm-hmm. in practice too. Uh, but that's what I really remember about that. It's great to have a, a strong recruiter and all those things. That's obviously important. 
But to me, the most important thing for Arkansas is that they win this year. And, I mean, I don't – I don't want to see this thing blow up. I want, you know, things to end well with Bobby Petrino. I don't want it to be just like a bunch of excitement and then just kind of a dud. Um, so, but I think that that would be good to to get somebody who has a background with him. And, and at the same time, um, you know, I just don't – I was surprised that, you know, Pitt, I wasn't surprised that Pittman said he didn't expect coaching staff changes because I used to hear coaches say that all the time right before there was a bunch of changes. Mm-hmm. I can remember uh, before Gus Malzahn, um, you know, left sitting there in Houston Nutt's office uh, at the table, you know, doing an interview, and somebody asked if he expected to have any more coaching staff changes, <laughs> and he said no. Uh, so coaches, you know, are going to answer like that until it, it happens. It's just – kind of what they're forced to do in this in this industry but uh, i was a little surprised um you know something didn't happen a little bit sooner just because usually an offensive a new offensive coordinator is going to bring in um somebody that he's familiar with of the three petrino craig and mcgee who is the strongest recruiter that that seems no. to be high on sam Pittman's list i would think it'd be high on bobby's list as well well, absolutely, yeah, um, and I think that's important. I think the most important thing is, to me, is that he understands and you know has an in-depth knowledge of that offense because they need to win right now. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, but Garrick McGee was a pretty good recruiter when he was here, um, obviously, and uh, you know Damian Craig I think has been a pretty strong recruiter. I mean, he was at Craig was at Texas A&M since 2018, so he's been there a while. He's also coached at LSU and Auburn. Um, you know, obviously has a lot of ties to Auburn. So, Craig, I mean, you look at some of the guys that he brought in at Texas A&M, and you may say, well, yeah, they, you know, Texas A&M's a place, with, you know, in a hotbed of talent, so maybe it's harder to grade exactly there. And, you know, they're also giving players a lot of money to go there. Uh, so, but I, you, I don't know. I might say Craig. I think maybe he would be a guy you would say maybe they're – the ace recruiter, but at the same time, Paul Petrino played a big role in keeping the guys at Arkansas and, you know, Childs and um, Joe Adams, you know, who they flipped from USC, Jarius Wright, some of those guys. They got Kobe Hamilton there, I believe, when he was there also. So, you know, he, he's got a good reputation as well as a recruiter, although it's kind of been a while since we had a lot of familiarity with him. But, mm-hmm. you know, I might, I might just say Craig, um, you know, just based on some of the guys that he brought in at, LSU and A&M and Auburn. Let's talk with uh, Gary. Gary, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. I do. Um, Thanks for letting me on. Um, I spoke with a uh, a, uh, father of a football player that's played the last few years at Arkansas uh, today, and I asked him about the locker room, what his son said about the locker room. Well, I guess we're not going to know the answer to that one, are hmm. we? Gee, we're not going to know. The I'm going to guess. Killing us. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to guarantee he's not going to say it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think you got it. Yeah. Well, they. You know, they. They've had it. You're going to have issues in the locker room every year. 
I mean, you just are. You know, people don't haven't always known about it, you know, but, I mean, it just happens, you know, and even even teams that are, you know, bonded and everything like that. Uh, but it, it happens. I don't think that the locker room issues are the same or the same this past year as they were the year before. And also when you're losing, when you're losing and you just can't seem to get over the hump and it's close game after close game, I mean, that's going to cause problems. You're just going to be finger-pointing and things like that. It's just going to happen. But I know that what really surprised me was ahead of, you know, 2022 season and during 2022 season um, how much division there was in the locker room. And that's why I wasn't really surprised when we saw so much attrition, so many players leaving, and some of those players, you know, weren't bad guys or anything like that. And sometimes wires just get crossed and stuff like that. But there were definitely players that were encouraged to leave just based on, you know, how things were in the locker room, kind of trying to reset things. There was a lot of that. Last year, I know that there was some stuff too. It wasn't anything close to what it was in 2022, though. Well, All right, we've think, got. Think about this: the Oakland A's had locker room problems and won three straight World Series. I mean, that yeah. can happen. And you think Florida State had locker room problems this year? Probably not. But twenty of them aren't playing in the bowl game. So is that a locker room problem? I'd think so. Hey, that two thousand and six Arkansas team had some locker room problems. Hmm. Yeah, won ten games. Right. Won ten <laughs> games. That's right. Yeah. All right, let's try Gary again. Gary, are you still oh. with us? All right, tell us yeah, how fabulous I'll, I'll the talk. locker room was. I'll I'll talk faster this time. So the <laughs> word that this the word that the dad said this player used was toxic. Um, yeah. That that surprised me. Uh, I understand. Uh, oh, we got problems in the locker room. We got this and that. But toxic, the word that he used, really makes me worried. And I said, well, what what do you think caused it? And he said, uh, without a doubt, uh, KJ and Rocket having million dollar deals and. I think we got the gist of that. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. I, I don't. I don't think there's any doubt that you know when when two guys make that much more than everybody else. Yeah. You know, and the thing about it is, guys, in the pros, quarterbacks handle that well. Now, everybody knows how valuable the quarterback is. They're the mm-hmm. highest paid players, but they're usually team oriented. I don't know if you saw, but Patrick Mahomes. I can't remember what he bought all his uh, all the offensive linemen recently, but he did, and they take care of those kind of things. But you take a guy that's never had that done before, and all of a sudden you hand him a bunch of money, he really doesn't know what to do. And so I don't know that you can totally blame him. I think you blame the system on this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Rocket wasn't making a million, but, you know, probably half a million, probably right about half a mil. Um, You know, KJ a little bit closer to a million, not quite a million either. But you also, you know, you have to consider, when you know, when we're comparing it to the NFL, there are some people that say, not everybody, but some people say, you know, once you get rich, um, you know, then everything else is just kind of not gravy, but, you know, once you get rich and you can buy whatever you want, then, um, you know, there's a, it's a big difference between, you know, not being rich. Um, and in college, you're talking about guys making, some guys making hundreds of thousands of dollars and some guys making very little, nothing, $10,000, 50000 you know, which is, you know, good money. They weren't getting that before, plus their education. But there's a big difference between, you know, some guys are able to buy diamonds and, um, you know, drive fast cars and big, you know, fancy cars and have nice places to live, and and others aren't. In the NFL, most guys are making 
really good money, especially guys that are out there starting. You know, all your offensive linemen, your left tackle, your quarterback, obviously, you know, your backs, your receivers. Now everybody wants to make more money, and there's negotiations and stuff. But for the most part, these guys are all getting really well paid. And in college, there's a much bigger discrepancy. You're not talking about as much money in most cases. Um, in some cases, you're not, obviously, with uh, – um, with with Manning over there at Texas, the word is that he's making more than Brock Purdy is in the mm, NFL right now. By far. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in most cases, the college player's not making what NFL guys are. And NFL guys, everybody's getting, you know, paid and negotiated contracts and stuff. So I think it's it's a lot different. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe there is some, some room for some jealousy and some animosity over uh, some of that stuff. And, you know, I heard what Chris McCaffrey bought everybody, um, all new golf clubs, every, every yeah. starter on yes. offense. Yes. Yeah. All new golf clubs and stuff like that. And I guess, you know, you're able to do that when you're, you know, making millions and millions versus, you know, hundreds of thousands, which you, you could do that, but it's probably not the best use of your money. James, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. Good afternoon, guys. Uh, Trey, real quick. We've talked the last couple of weeks about the discrepancy between your numbers and what Sam Pittman said he has open. Yes. My question is, do you think that he's holding on to maybe two, three, to see who comes available after spring practice? I'll let you answer and get off the phone. So have a great day. Thank you, James. It's possible. I think a lot of these guys, though, we're talking about are players that have another year left, right? Mm-hmm. So if I am, say, let's see, Francis Sherman. You know, he's, he's, he has the chance to be a super senior next season. So if Francis Sherman wants to play college football again, why wouldn't you go ahead and get in the transfer portal? You know, I mean, he's, he's – I'm sure he's graduated being a super senior. Well, maybe not. Maybe he's waiting. Maybe he's waiting to graduate. Maybe that's what it is. But, um, you know, I'm sure there's – and I, I, I'm just picking a name out. He's a super senior. Um, but that's kind of – a lot of the guys he was talking about, Hudson Clark would be another one, you know. And Hudson may just be being quiet. There are players that don't make a lot of announcements. Offensive linemen are probably uh, the guys most likely not to say anything at all. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know why some of them wouldn't go ahead and, you know, if they're going to want to continue playing football, then why you wouldn't enter the portal. But some guys may just be ready to, you know, hey, I've been – I did my – you know, four years or five years in college, and I'm ready to move on. I'm not going to the pros. I might be ready just to move on to the next phase of life. And we've seen that every once in a while. Uh, Luke Jones did that last year. You know, he could have come back and been Arkansas starting left tackle. Probably would have helped him a lot, um, but was just ready to move on to the next phase of life. Trey, amongst those super seniors, do you, do you remember the numbers? Is it like five, six, seven, whatever it may be? Let's see. I'll bring it There's up. Hudson Clark. We mentioned him. You mentioned Francis Sherman. Um, yeah, let's see. Arkansas football scholarship distribution. You can find that on Hog Sports. Let's see. I've got them at. I've got them at currently 86 scholarship players. That's one over the the maximum. And obviously Sam Pittman says the number's more like 78. So I've got them at. Seven redshirt super seniors. This is looking ahead to 2024, so this would be rising redshirt super seniors. So I've got them at seven redshirt super seniors. 
six super seniors. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, they've got a good number right now that, that still need to, to say that what they're doing. I mean, that's 13 guys that haven't said anything who have the option. Well, I say haven't said anything. Some of them have. Like Isaac Tesla's, you know, he's coming back, and Andrew Armstrong's coming back, and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, that's I don't know what the number is of guys that haven't said anything off the top of my head. I don't have that written down. But there's 13 total who would be classified as super seniors next year. Oh, that makes me wonder. Obviously, they they must have had some conversation with Coach Pittman. He is aware of that 13, and there is a certain number. They're not coming back. They just oh, haven't yeah. made the announcement yet. Just haven't made the announcement yet. Um, and I mean, I've heard some things here and there. Uh, all right, let's look at it real quick. Uh, as far as super seniors by position, uh, Tyrone Broden, who we believe is coming back, Correct. it's kind of more cryptic. Andrew Armstrong coming back. Uh, Isaac Tesla is coming back. Um, at tight end, I mentioned Francis Sherman a second ago. He'd be the only guy that classifies as a rising super senior. Brady Latham, Takias Crawford has said he's coming back. Um, let's see, go to defense. Jashad Stewart, obviously his status is up in the air mm-hmm. after his arrest. And he'd be the only defensive end. Defensive tackle, uh, Eric Gregory has not said. Marcus Miller has not said. Kiwi Rose has not said. Uh, I believe that Gregory and Rose are coming back, but they haven't said anything yet. And that's all for defensive tackle. Defense, I would think uh, Miller would take the uh, uh, medical red shirt or whatever it's called. I mean, he's a red shirt super senior, so he's been at Arkansas for five years now. Mm-hmm. You know, so he may be may be graduated and, and ready to move on, you know. Um and maybe that's an option to him to to take a medical hardship also, and you know if he wants to stay in college again, maybe that's maybe that's an option for him. Uh, linebacker, don't believe no no super seniors. Cornerback, you've got Keon Stewart who we haven't heard from, uh, and he's the only one at cornerback. And then safety, you've got Hudson Clark. Uh, Danico Slaughter is going to be one, but obviously he's transferring in. So Hudson Clark would be the only safety. We know Malik Javis is transferring out. He would have been a super senior. And then on special teams, Matthew Shipley, who's coming in from Hawaii, is a super senior. And he'd be the only one. So that's that's everybody who has the opportunity to play another year of college football. You do have to be invited back by your school, though. Hmm. So again, Coach Pittman knows that yeah. number. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Sure. And we're also taught, you know, you mentioned Marcus Miller's maybe a guy that would be a medical hardship or something. Uh, you know, there's Quincy McAdoo. We need to find out what exactly his status is. He could be another guy. Hmm. Boy, that would be tough. Yeah, that would stink. That would be tough. So we know, okay, you're using 86. I guess that's Bradley yeah. Shaw. Who put the number yes. to 86? Yes. Okay. And uh, so would that mean uh, that number goes from 77, or, or did you already have it at 78? Well, yeah, so Pittman said 77, well, 78, depending on one scholarship we have out there. That's what he said on Wednesday. This was when he knew that Bradley Shaw had signed with them but wasn't ready to make it public, okay. so that's why I used that kind of language. So um, I, believe he, I believe Pittman's number right now is 78. Uh, this question concerning Quincy came from our Southern Structural Solutions 
Buzz, text line. I don't know that you'll have an answer for this one, uh, Trey. This is from the 870. How healthy is McAdoo? I don't think we know yeah. the answer to that, do don't we? I don't have that answer. Yeah. yeah. So let's see. Uh, this is 870's different 870. Opinion Craig is the best recruiter. I mean, I think if we went back and looked at the players that each guy's recruited, I mean, is it fair to base Paul Petrino's recruitment, you know, during his time at Idaho and his time currently at Central Michigan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, probably not as fair. Uh, and then you look at Craig and, you know, he's been Texas A&M, LSU, Auburn, places like that. So, um, And how much of it, Trey, is distorted now by the NIL? Tremendously distorted. Yeah. Like we said, Texas A&M, we know that they've, you know, Evan Stewart went to Texas A&M. Damian Craig was his position coach. The only reason he went to Texas A&M wasn't just because Damian Craig was a great recruiter. I mean, (laughs) that was part of the number one recruiting class of all time at the time, you know. So, um, and we know that they spent a good bit of money bringing those guys in. Great. We will talk to you tomorrow. He's not a good recruiter. I mean, he's still a good recruiter.